been a long time since the cappuccino was fashionable. We go to one of those uh, cappuccino places. Cappuccino. Practice situational awareness next time you're at the gas station. All right, welcome to Gas Station Cappuccino, episode 158. I, I have special guests here. Actually, first, I should tell you that Dean is not here with us today, uh, which would normally be cause for concern, but this week it's not because we have special guest who's a professional, Mr. David Tao from Barbend. And so, Dave, you uh, you have a podcast yourself. I've recorded, we've recorded over 200 episodes of the Barbin podcast. So I don't know if I'm a professional, hmm. but if we're playing fake it till you make it, I've been faking it for a long time. So I know how to, so I know how to fake it. We're, we're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, anybody, uh, I've, I'm guessing most people listen, know, know about Barbend. I'm sure I'm certain that they have read the articles or seen the headlines, uh, whether or not they, they know it. Right. Um, so because at this point, Barbend is everywhere as far as strength sports go. If you're talking CrossFit, if you're talking weightlifting, if you're talking kettlebell sport, um, if you're going into powerlifting these days, if you're even interested in bodybuilding, they're there. They're everywhere. Um, they're there. They're everywhere. Get over it. You know, <laughs> so I think that pretty much sums it up. So, but now, that's it. Now, actually, Good recording. We can wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I mean, I'm not. Put a nice little bow on that thing, right? We're done, man. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So with with it with Barbend being, uh, you know, so prevalent, you know, in all these strength sports, it seems like it's been around a really long time. However, that's not really the case. Barbend started in 2017 or so, or 2016. 2016, and I re- I remember that very specifically because we went to the CrossFit Games that year to try and raise money and epically failed. And it was it was when I met you, Danny, and you were so busy slinging slinging caffeine and kilos product. I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, wow, these guys are about to be billionaires because they're selling about a thousand t-shirts a minute out here. Man, is that was that in Carson still, or was that in? It, uh... it was it was in Carson, and I didn't pack sunscreen, oh, and yeah. I took years off my lifespan because of that. And the yeah. problem is it wasn't actually my first CrossFit games. Like I very much should have known better. So yeah. epic fail on, on many ways. Man, I'll tell you what, those out in Carson with the vendor village in the parking lot there, dude, it was like saunas are, you know, getting more popular all the time here in the United States. And I feel like you just got to work the CrossFit games out in the parking lot. So like the, you know, there's like the asphalt, right? So it's like the blacks, there's the heat's coming from below and above. It's like radiating off the, the asphalt there. You're getting hit from the top. There's no escape, man. It was like, you got to the point where we wouldn't, uh, most of the time, like I wouldn't even, wouldn't show up wearing a shirt, you know, because it's like, you know, that you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to take one. You're going to grab one out of the booth, you know, wear something you're selling. And most likely that thing's going to be going on and off throughout the day anyway, if you're going to try and uh, survive out there, man. But uh, yeah, so then we met there. And then also we met at a, uh, at a weightlifting meet relatively, I think might've been that year or something like that, the American Open, uh, Mike Graber uh, brought us over. I remember and he, he actually sent me a barbend hat. Um, and I was pumped, dude. I, I think I still have that thing. I think it was like one of the first run, the first run of hats you guys did. It had the big, uh, the, um, bubble lettering on the front. Uh, anyway, and I was saying, all right, what's going on here? What's, what's going on with these guys? You know, okay. Doing some content, some articles, kind of something's going on. I wasn't really sure those, uh, what to expect. 
those are limited edition hats, Danny. We haven't made those since. Yeah. So like you have you have a highly collectible item right there. Oh yeah, man. Probably probably sell on eBay for you know dollars. I I've had people reach out all the time. Like <clears throat> I probably have someone reach out once a month about those hats. Like we haven't produced those hats since 2016. I just want to be very clear here. Oh, we are man. not in the apparel game. We are not, we are not caffeine and kilos. Yeah. And it might have been a really missed opportunity not to produce more of those hats because ah. it's it's the white on black. It actually looks pretty slick. But the thing is, like, the people who still have those hats have actually said, like, don't make more of those. I want this hat to be mm. so exclusive. Keep right. It. And you have one of those. You're one of you're yeah. one of like 12 people who have those hats. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. So what? Uh, so I know before you were doing bar band, you were doing, you know, you had some other stuff going on. I think some other content sites and everything. What made you want to get into bar band? What made you say, okay, Hey, look, well, you know what, you know, what, what we need is, is, you know, bunch of articles about, you know, CrossFit weightlifting, like what, what kind of got you inspired to, to get bar band going and get that whole thing started? Well, thank you for asking. And, and you know, I should have said, I should have led with this. I always lead when I'm guesting on podcasts, like, thank you for having me. And I didn't because you're so disarming. Danny, make me feel so comfortable. I feel like I'm just hanging out with a friend instead of like speaking into a microphone. But, you know, we, so thanks for having me. But I think you and I have something in common in that we're big strength nerds, right? Uh-huh. Like you are, I think of Danny and I think of, I think of the, the Masters Weightlifting World Champion is what I think of, right? But you are someone who has an interest across the strength categories. You're you're you keep up with what's going on in powerlifting and strongman and CrossFit, right? Which is where you kind of cut your teeth at least make start yeah. making a name for yourself in the community. But like you're just interested in strength as a discipline and physical culture. And I always was too. I was a crap weightlifter. I was the I always like to say I was the worst weightlifter to come out of the Norwood training facility in Massachusetts, which is like now a pretty good producer of good lifters. I was by far the worst. And then I was a pretty mediocre CrossFitter. I was a CrossFit affiliate co-owner for a while. I used to be a, a writer for CrossFit HQ for, for a bit. But like along the way and along this journey that I had, I had to cobble together information, right? I was trying to figure out what's going on in all these disciplines. You right. know, you could read the CrossFit journal, but like powerlifting results, good luck. Sometimes you have to wait for even in like 2016, you had to wait for like a print magazine to come out, right. which is ridiculous. That's absolutely, yeah. ri- that's absolutely ridiculous. Right. And weightlifting, there were the go heavy forums. You remember the go heavy forums? Uh-huh. Yeah. RIP to those, but there wasn't like this one place where I could go and get all. And Oh, by the way, this is also when you couldn't find out world's strongest man results until like eight months later, because they had to, they were waiting for the they TV aired on ESPN. There's this whole thing. And I was like, what if there were a place where I could just go and I could get all this stuff? There has to be that. And there wasn't. And I thought, well, maybe there's a business opportunity there. And I, I had uh, gotten connected with my co-founders. We were working on some other businesses at the time. I was kind of this like freelance mercenary content consultant for a bunch of different companies. And I was like, what if we just like tried this out? I was like, I'll write most of the articles myself. We'll just get it going. You guys handle the other clients. And like, let's just see if it gets traction. And if it doesn't, after a few months, we'll, we'll move on to something else. And it gained traction. And I think mostly because there weren't a lot of places writing on everything in strength, or at least trying to write on everything right. in strength. And it really was born out of my own desire to have that like home for my own strength nerddom. And, and it became that. And I, I, a lot of people forget like... <clears throat> I forget to tell people for the first year that Barman existed, we pretty much only wrote news. 
right? Now we know a lot of like, we have a lot of evergreen content, training content, nutrition, op-eds, like in-depth history content on strength, kind of everything. But we only wrote news for that first year. We didn't write on bodybuilding at all until like basically 2020, until like we were about four and a half years old. And right now we're, we're, maybe we might be the largest producer of bodybuilding content on the web now. And that's still like relatively new for us. So yeah, man, I mean, it was the entrepreneurial journey was like, Hey, I'm frustrated. This thing doesn't exist. I I thought maybe I can try it. I, I actually remember thinking I'm not the best person to try this because I'm not the best athlete. I'm not the most accomplished, but like sure. if no sure. one else is trying it, like why not, why not give it a go? Yeah. And, um, and I think our timing was also really good. Well, you know, something you mentioned there, like, I don't know if I'm the best person to do it. Well, if you're the only one doing it, you're the best person to do it, right? And so there's there's that, right? And the other thing is, you know, I try and tell people all the time, like, I think a lot of times people feel, and it's natural, right, is the, you know, you get this imposter syndrome, or like, who am I to teach this person? Or, you know, you see it at the gym, right? It's like, when you're teaching a CrossFit class, you try to pair up, like, you know, an experienced member with a new member, right? And sometimes the, the people that have been around a while, they're like, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't really know that much. It's like, Hey man, look, you only gotta, you only gotta be able to count to two to teach someone to count to one. Right. (laughs) That's that's like a very real thing that people overlook a lot, you know? And it's like, you don't have to be the best uh, squatter in the gym. have the heaviest squad. Doesn't have to be the perfect one either. But man, if you, you see this newbie, if you see he's doing a twinkle toes, Michael Jackson dance, like you'll know to tell him to put his fucking heels down. And that's all we need, man. Like I just, the coach's job is to watch this person, get him squared away. I just want you to find the obvious things. You know what I mean? Just help him out, man. Or like weights. He doesn't even know how much weights on the bar. Just like, if he makes it like suggest he uses more or, or suggest he doesn't use more. If it looks like it was a grindhouse, you know, and just kind of like just help people out a little. I also got lucky too, Danny, cause I have a journalism background and, right. and I had done a, a decent amount of business journalism writing. Sure. And I think what, because I was not the most knowledgeable, I wasn't the most knowledgeable coach in the world. I, I, I wasn't, you know, didn't have all these accolades and strength. Uh, what I did was I applied those heuristics from journalism, right? From traditional journalism to strength sports journalism, right? Strength sports reporting, and that was actually I think what was needed, right? Before I even realized that it was like okay, fact checking, verifying, uh, trying to approach this in a little bit more of a level headed fashion. Right. Um, a lot of people said our content was dry at first, and I think it was right. Like yeah. I think a lot of the stuff I was writing back then was really dry. I think we've punched it up a bit, yeah. but we still have that, that commitment to fact checking and and being like, okay, what if we were the primary resource? And it started benefiting us very quickly because I remember by the time the Rio Olympics rolled around in 2016, just a few months after we started, uh, we were getting cited as the primary results source by Wikipedia, which helped our growth tremendously. So, you know, I was like, well, I don't really know how to do this. I'm probably not the best person for this. So why don't I try and fit the round peg in the square hole? Yeah. But it turns out that's kind of of what was needed at the time. We lucked into it. Yeah. And you know, the round peg fits in the square hole if you got a big enough hammer. <laughs> yeah. Or if the hole's big enough. If it's a large square right. hole, yeah. anything will fit in there. Anything, anything will fit, fit in there. there. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Cylinders, it doesn't even matter. Uh, so, one thing you mentioned is I uh, wrote a few articles for the CrossFit Journal. I'm, I'm interested in that. Do you remember what any of those articles were? So, I wrote for the CrossFit Games website. I okay. read the CrossFit Journal, loved the Cross. I, I, if there's one thing that I really wish, I like, I wish the CrossFit Journal were still published in the same way it I, I don't know there was something very cool about being able to get it yeah. was like both grassroots but 
kind of polished. And a lot of the folks who were CrossFit Journal writers back then are now writing for, you know, the New York Times. They're writing for Barben. They're writing for like, big mainstream publications. Yeah. Um, I wrote for the CrossFit Games site. So I used to cover regionals and uh-huh. like leading up to the games. And that was back when, just a little anecdote to tell you how old I am in that space. Uh, in 2013 at the Northeast Regionals, back at the old Reebok campus in Massachusetts, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, where they literally had it at the Reebok campus, uh, there was this this like uh, self-described washed-up weightlifter who had just started cross-sitting a few months before, who qualified for regionals and like barely missed on a CrossFit Games qualification, and he wouldn't take his shirt off. Uh, like everyone else, he was the only competitor wearing a shirt out of the men yeah. because he was he's like he was said he was still a little soft from weightlifting, uh, and his name was Matt. And if you yeah. haven't used context clues just yet, um, he comes out of nowhere and like wins the overhead squad event and like has a pretty good showing, but like just still a little rough around the edges. Yeah, Matt Fraser, he ended up doing pretty well after that. Yeah, well, um, yeah the reason he didn't qualify that year is because he didn't take his shirt off. He just, they were like it slowed him down. It, he was he wasn't aerodynamic enough. Well, he wasn't CrossFit enough, right? Like that's the thing. You gotta. That's part of that's part of the thing. Part of being CrossFit is you gotta pop that top. By the no, the, the clock knows. By the next year, he was. I don't think he brought a shirt to regionals the yeah. next year. Which, by the way, he like destroyed regionals in a scary way the next year. The way that man improved at the right. sport of fitness in one year. It actually wasn't even one year because regionals that year was in like early spring or like early summer late late spring early summer by the east coast championships that following january so not even a year yeah. people were saying hey i think he might be the second coming of rich of uh, rich froning i literally heard people say that yeah. and everyone else was like no what are you talking about turns out they were exactly right yeah man yeah that's wild how you can just like see that like I, this guy's got it right it he's was feel you're like he's got it it was so cool to have like a, a ringside seat to that and to to interview him at his first regionals. And then, you know, now we look back and he's the best men's CrossFitter of of all time, at least as an individual. Right. Like, yeah. obviously. So someone who likes stuff, who looks at these different uh, these different sports, right, different strength sports. Right. So we're talking CrossFit, weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, um, you know, we'll, we'll include bodybuilding. Sure. Um, and then uh, even kettlebell sport, right? So out of those different things, in your opinion, right? So you 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 have probably more intimate knowledge of those sports as a whole than maybe anybody, right? Just based on the fact that you've spent the last seven years of your life reading and writing about those things and almost nothing else other than those <laughs> things and alcohol they that they put in oak barrels. Right. Yeah. So those are those <laughs> the extent of your knowledge are those, right? So um, with with all that kind of in mind, what which of those do you think is the most the most impressive? Right. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you watch somebody snatch double body weight and it's like, holy shit. But then like world's strongest man, you're like, I, I don't have buy in here. Right. Like that's there. That's a whole thing, too. And and obviously CrossFit, the the range of, uh, of the range of skills or like what you're there, what, what you're required to be, um, pro not just proficient, but like, well, I guess proficient, right? Not good, but proficient at, um, is so wide ranging. And then, you know, you can go on and on, right? Like powerlifting, you know, people can talk shit, but I'll tell you what, man, a one rep max is a skill set. And that's absolutely, that's absolutely a fact. Right. Um, 
anyway, so just up, you know, I mean, kettlebell sport, most people don't even understand like the, what that entails. And there, that's a whole thing there. Right. Just kind of with everything in mind, like what impressed you the most or what athletes impressed you the most? Yeah. Um, and you know, why? So or what, two- another way to put it is like, what's nobody paying attention to maybe that we should be right. Or what's a way to think of, what's a way to think of something that we're not. So uh, two things that stand out to me, and, and these are names that I think listeners of this podcast may have heard before, but, but maybe not, but I want to put them in like in context. I think the two most impressive athletes for me um, who I have seen, like where I've, where I've been able to cover like a, a decent portion of their careers uh, in powerlifting, Jen Thompson, mm-hmm. um, just because first off, she's won over 50 world championships which is insane because she's winning like There's different federations, different federations, uh, masters and open. She wins masters and open like every year now. Right. So she's like racking up two world championships every year, which yeah. is just ridiculous. Equipped raw, you name it. Right. Um, Jen is, I think someone who is, is a transcendently great strength athlete. Obviously she's known for being the best women's bench presser of all time deservedly so right and her stats are well above anyone else's but in addition she's like a pretty dang dang good well-rounded power lifter and her her medals in in total um certainly reflect that and i think the fact is like jen's in her 50s jen's getting stronger yeah jen is also drug tested right like interesting yeah these things are jen has a couple kids like jen is busy it's incredibly impressive to me that she's still getting stronger and setting all-time PRs. She's an ass kicker. She's just an ass kicker. And I just, one of the more impressive athletes I've ever seen in strength. And her career is very exciting to watch because every year she still manages to get a little bit better. And she's so knowledgeable about training and her body. And, you know, one thing that Jen told me once when she was on our podcast, she's like, yeah, I realized when I stopped doing, when I stopped baiting, basing my training around a seven day week, it unlocks something else in me. And that's so smart because she's like, your, your body doesn't work on a seven day cycle. Your body doesn't have a calendar that's synced up to, you know, Monday through Sunday or Sunday through, it it doesn't work like that. So she's like, once I started getting off of that for my training and actually figuring out how my body recovered in a periodized way. And she's like, she's like for her body, a week is like nine days. Right. She figured that out and it like unlocked new gains for her in her like late forties. Like how freaking cool is that? The other yeah. athlete I would say is the most impressive to me, Lasha Talakadze in weightlifting. Um, not just cause he's a super heavyweight. If you give him the, if you like use Sinclair, which they haven't used in a while or like right. ruby points or whatever to like balance out the weight categories and handicap that the, the heavier weights, he's still the best weightlifter of all time. Right. Right. Like he doesn't get the handicap. Everyone else you compare against him against in historical context does, and he's still the best weightlifter of all time, basically. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. And to me, I'm I'm biased because I kind of cut my teeth in weightlifting. I think that the top tier athletes in weightlifting do the most impressive things with weight of anyone. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are talking. Um, you know, obviously the snatch. Everyone knows how you know precise you have to be and everything. But I think a lot of people overlook the jerk right um yeah. because you know and it maybe people overlook the clean but i think that's uh that's earned the clean earned being overlooked right it's like the easiest movement of the three but like the um the precision you know with the jerk is it's it's so much timing right and a lot of people say that like it's it's timing and uh guts <laughs> you know is the jerk 
But there is a lot of precision there, man. It's like if you mess up the dip, you're in trouble. If you mess up the timing, you're in trouble. If you mess up a lot, there's a lot going on there. I think a lot of people don't realize the um, well, it's funny, like John North referred to it as like dancing with the bar, but it's yeah. totally true, man. Like there's something to be said that just the amount of time the barbell is in your hands. And like, yes, with powerlifting, it's like the raw strength and the ability to be in position to display that is a, is a real thing. Um, you know, but in weightlifting that the bar moves differently at different weights, not just because your strength levels, but that the, when it starts bending like a lighter weights, the bar doesn't really bend a lot and you catch a clean, you know, may not get a lot of bounce out of it. Well, the, once the bar gets over, you know, 150, 160 kilos, like you feel the, that bounce is like either going to get you out of the hole or, or pound your ass straight into the ground. Right. And it's, um, and so it's a, it's a very real thing. Like you have to just have experience and time and just move with the bar in your hands and how it reacts and how it reacts different weights. And, and all that is, is very different. That's why we call, I mean, we didn't call it bar straight or barbench.com, right? That's Cause that's, that's sorry. That was a terrible joke. My, that's my, apolo- my, my apologies. But I think that <laughs> the num- like the number of things Here's a, here's someone someone told me this once, and I didn't believe them at first. It took me years for this to hit home. No one's ever done a perfect snatch, and no one's ever done a perfect clean and jerk. Right. No one's no one's ever done those movements in in any way. Even Lasha, he's never done one of those movements where it couldn't be a percentage of a percentage point more efficient. Right. And the movements are so complex and so technically demanding. And the other thing too is like. These, this is one of the most precise movements the human body can do. You're doing it at massive weights. You're doing it at, at, at the top of your threshold of what you're physically capable of. Okay, so then take an athlete, fly them halfway around the world into a different time zone, feed them different food, have them lift on slightly different equipment on a different platform with different humidity. Like, this is how precise weightlifting, it's, it's kind of like uh, people who are into long-range shooting. Like, right all the different factors that go into taking like a long range shot, like your elevation, right? Your humidity level, that all this stuff, did it rain three days before? Did it rain two days before? Did it rain that morning? Like these can actually be applied to weightlifting. The humidity level when you're doing, and if you've ever lifted in Miami, you know, yeah. I'm not kidding here. Yeah. Cause it, you know, it, you know it's impacts, all the bars are rusted. Exactly. But it impacts how you grip the barbell. It impacts, yeah the literal diameter of your fingers that day based on how hot, cold, or humid it is. And you take all these factors, which are impossible to all control for. Like the human mind cannot, the best coach in the world cannot control for every single one of these factors. And then you ask an athlete to do something that no human being has ever done on stage before. To me, that is what's most impressive. The other, the only thing I can compare what, the only person that I think you like the type of athletes you compare Lasha to in other sports are like athletes whose stats, because he's he's snatching not one kilo above his competition. He's snatching like 10 kilos above his competition, right? Right, right. That's the equivalent in my mind of like Wayne Gretzky doing 50% or 40%, being 40% better than the number two, or Jerry Rice having, you know, not 5% more catches than the next best person, but 30% more touchdown right. catches for touchdown. You know right. what I mean? Um, it's that level in, in a sport that that's that's that precise. That separation is like it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Well, one thing you mentioned when you're talking about Jen Thompson, the powerlifter, is you know the 
interesting thing you mentioned like the seven day weeks, right? Like we kind of thinking about that a little bit in the back of my mind since you mentioned it. And it's funny. Um, I'm just, I mean, I'm just going to go for it. CrossFit fanboy here. But that's, you know, originally, I mean, that's Greg Glassman. That's that's what he did, too. There wasn't a seven day week. It was yeah. a three on one off. Yeah. You know, why three on why three days on one day off? It's because they found that for three days, you can kind of get out, put out the intensity output, mm-hmm. the workouts required or or to get the benefit of the workouts, the at the horsepower that they would want you to, to put out at. And then after three, you couldn't see so needed an off day. It wasn't a, hey, you need to do this. Uh, you know, you should be training five days a week. It wasn't anything like that. It's, hey, three on, one off. And it, what the what the name of the day is on the calendar, irrelevant. We're going three on, one off. We're just going to cycle through that. And then affiliates started getting, you know, started getting more affiliates, not just training people, personal training and stuff. And that kind of a schedule doesn't really work that well for affiliates as far as like what's going on in programming and open or closed or whatever, right? Um, or it could work for people, but just in general, as far as like, you know, you're going to hold classes every day, pretty much. So, you know, people kind of got away from that three on one off schedule. And a lot of people who are just starting now will never train that way, right? Because they go to the gym, but a lot of times they might go all five days in a row. And if you do go all five days in a row, what does that Thursday look like? Are you, are you uh, training with the same intensity as you were on Monday and Tuesday? Uh, probably not. Right. Um, and then for the affiliates, like you can't just program that as a, down day essentially or is like a because not everybody comes those first three days right people just kind of get in when they can and and you just kind of you know you talk to people about maybe taking it easy on the days or not feeling that that pop or whatever um but anyway that that idea that she kind of worked that out for herself also like oh you know what i realized that (laughs) that uh my body doesn't know if it's monday right and so you know, if if uh, the schedule for me is I do really well, like two days on, one day off, and then three days on and one day off, I should just roll with that. So, I think, you know, I what I will say is when I was a weightlifter, my favorite thing was like doing things with the team, like max out Fridays. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love that, right? Yeah. But here's the deal, and to be fair, I was never an elite athlete. I was never training for that extra five percent. There made no sense for me to train for that extra 5% of performance because like I was living my life. That wasn't my yeah. life, right? Yeah. And and like, there's, enough, there's enough meat on the bone just training. Exactly. And you know 100% better said than I ever could. And and you know as an affiliate owner, someone who's been around this for a long time, Danny, like you have to you have to standardize some stuff, right? Because you right. can't operate as, as a business or meet people where they are otherwise. But like Max Out Friday is a good example in weightlifting. If you're doing it as a team, say you have a team of 10 people and, and you're, you're basing everything around heavy Fridays, which right. a lot of coaches do and a lot of great athletes are produced like that. Are you telling me that's optimal for every single one of those 10 athletes? Impossible. Right. Absolutely, absolutely impossible, right? There's no way. And so Jen is someone who is trying to get that extra half a percentage point of performance, someone whose gains do have truly compounded for 30 years. Yeah. And when someone does something like that, that's in, it's so simple, but yet it seems so innovative. And so like, and so mind it's mind numbingly simple, but it's also so, so much breaking out of the paradigms that we find ourselves falling into. um, And the expectations that we find ourselves just coming to take as truths. um, Those are the things that really get me going. Yeah. Right. Well, look, look, man, it's like, again, we can get weird. We can get hippie with this, right? Same type thing. But I mean, I think about this a lot. It's like, okay, uh, this will, it'll connect in a little bit, but you know, okay. So you have this lady and she's pregnant. 
And the doctor says, you know, don't lift anything over so many pounds after so long. It's like the most asinine advice because first of all, like that baby is going to weigh more than, you know, whatever, like it's not going to be long before that baby's over 20 pounds. And that's what's like, at what point post uh, giving birth is she allowed to lift uh, like something heavier than 10 pounds or whatever the fuck. And the other thing is you're telling me that throughout all of human history, like that's what happened. Like women would get pregnant and then just like not do anything physically strenuous. And then childbirth is are, like for most women is going to be the most physically demanding thing that they do in their entire life. And so the suggestion that you like, don't uh, do any sort of exercise or don't do anything strenuous or don't pick up anything heavy um, leading up to that just doesn't make sense from any standpoint. And so where, where that relates to what we're talking about before is, and so if you look back, you know, through uh, human history and just people in general, it's like, uh, you know, is that, is that what goes on? It's like, oh man, I can't, you know, like workout schedule wise. Right. It's like, and they're talking about like weeks and these types of things. It's like, oh, well hunted yesterday. Can't hunt today. You know, today's my rest day. Today's, today's my, my rest day. day. Right. It's like, oh, sorry. You know, we had to haul in, you know, we had to carry, we had to move these rocks and carry this shit around. Well, sorry. You know, hidden the cave, uh, you know, yesterday from the bear. I'm going to have to uh, today. Doesn't matter. Got to get out there and train today anyway. It's like, nah, man. Like, anyway, the, my point is humans are, are resilient, man. And um, and the idea that you have to be on the, the specific schedule and that you should, you know, you can only train certain days and need, need to be off other days and, and you know, shouldn't do, you know, heavy whatever two days in a row. And and just all these, like these paradigms, right? That people put themselves in these boxes, right? And they think that they just take these as truths because other people believe them or do them or because there's kind of these widely held beliefs or whatever. But when you like take a step back and it's like, okay, well, you know, let's really kind of look at these things and look at like, how does this work? And does this make sense to me also? And maybe I try something different and maybe I'm, they're right. Maybe they're wrong, whatever. But just to take these at face value of, yep. Okay. You know, uh, everything should be built up to the max out Friday or, oh, okay. You know, um, for training wise, we can only do, you know, we should not be squatting every single day. We should only do so many squat sessions a week. Oh, you know, we better make sure that we you know, take a, take a full rest day every three days or make sure that we don't take any rest day, whatever. Anytime there's just, everything's so black and white or people like to talk about these things are so black and white, take a step back and go, actually, I think that people can probably handle a lot more than, than what you think, or, or it doesn't have to be quite so structured and in this format, right. And just finding what works, you know, what works for you and what works for other people. And, and kind of what, how's the human body actually meant to perform and recover and, and do these different things, right? I think that what we underestimate in today's day and age, and this is from, this is my personal experience, right? I spent the first part of my career in strength training as someone trying to get stronger, move better, et cetera, compete, thinking about obsessing about all these like different recovery tools and, yep. and like how am I training and yeah. um, how am I, how am I like, what are the sets and reps I'm doing? Right. right. But what I was not doing and what I was not thinking about was, and part of this is because I started this in college is thinking about how to minimize the impact of other modern day stressors right. on my body. And, you know, I like to think if a digital screen didn't exist, yeah, 
I'd be stronger and I could train harder. <clears throat> right. It, yeah. but, like that, but that's true because, because screen, this is just an example, right? And I don't want to like, I don't want to get too. Yeah, too into the weeds on this or whatever. Too into the, too into the weeds. This is not the, the, you know, Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast. Right. But like, but all that to say, if I weren't looking at a screen for a lot of my day, cause it's literally part of my job, I'd sleep better. Right. Yeah. And earlier, you go to bed earlier for sure. I, I'd go to bed earlier. And if I weren't worried about, I don't know, like paying taxes or, um, and if I didn't get FOMO because I was on Instagram and I saw a friend going out to a party that I didn't get invited to, right? <clears throat> like I'd probably have less cortisol pumping through my veins <laughs> and I'd probably be a more resilient, better rested, stronger human being. Yeah. And like, or if I didn't have a family member, Danny, last time we chatted, I was late to the call because I was on the phone with a family member, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to say who, but if I didn't have a family it member, was your mom. it was my mom. If I didn't have, <laughs> if I didn't have to like talk to my mom about like this, this like real estate thing, right? right, right, right. Which is stressful for both of us. Yeah. Like if I didn't have to talk to her about that and I didn't have to worry about like, oh, who am I going to hire to like do a deed transfer, right? Yeah. Then, I'd, then I'd probably bench press more. Right. But what I didn't think about for so long was like, how am I minimizing the stress and the factors? Human life has gotten very complex and I'm thankful for it because it allows things like, like us, like we can sit here, you're in California, I'm in New York city and we can have this live. There's a little lag at the beginning, but like we're, it's smooth now and we're having this seamless fun conversation and technology has allowed that. I'm super grateful for that. But at the same time, it hasn't helped my gains. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, like it just has it. And I think that yeah. what we can obsess about, or at least spend more time on, is how are we reducing the stress that comes with modern life? Yeah. And how is that? Imp- like, I'll be vulnerable for a second, right? I have congenital high blood pressure, right? right. I've been on blood pressure. I'm, I'm pretty dang fit. I'm not the fittest I've been, but guess what? When I was the fittest I've been, which was pretty dang fit relative to the average person, I still had high blood pressure. Right. Right. Sure. And my diet was on point. Uh Right. All this stuff was on point. But you know what's never really been that on point? My sleep and stress levels. Right. And I was talking to my physician and I've been on blood pressure meds since I was a teenager because that's just I'm genetically predisposed. And we're trying to mitigate that. Right. We're trying to mitigate the negative impacts of that. And I was so worried about like, okay, well, if I run more and I do more zone zone one and two cardio work and I reduce my like and I, I do this with my diet. Right. And then one day recently, she's like, hey, your blood pressure's gotten a little bit better. How's your sleep been? And my sleep's actually been better lately. Yeah. So you're telling me if I had actually focused on my sleep like I should have done 15 years ago. Right. Like we just we lose the forest through the trees. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, it's like the idea of majoring the minors. Right. Like it's like all the little details around training, which we're, we're looking for all of these in edge somewhere. Right. But we're looking for these little edges and we're overlooking the entire looking for the edge of the sword and not looking for the sword. Right. And then it's like, that's the whole thing. Like, quit trying to quit trying to sharpen a rock and grab a fucking sword. You know, like that's kind of what I feel like we're doing a lot of times. And I've been guilty of it too. Right. You're sitting here and okay, well, you know, uh, maybe, you know, instead of eating, you know, seven ounces of meat, I need to eat eight ounces of meat at these meals. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing this. It's like, you know, and yeah, of course you should be, you know, fueled appropriately and all that type of stuff. But what you're saying is that, like, what are the big things? What are the big rocks? What are the, like, what's the sword I can swing, right? Instead of just, instead of trying to find another chisel, like, where's the, where's the sword? And it's something, 
uh, Donnie Shankle actually just I saw Donnie uh, a few <laughs> weeks ago and he's doing great, which is really good. But one thing he said, you know, he's talked to all these athletes, weightlifters, and he goes, I know if you uh, and I actually says on the last podcast, I think, but he's he said, you know, if, if you go to the gym and if you're uh, if the weights feel heavy, but you're moving pretty well, uh, you should eat more. Uh, if the weights uh, don't feel that heavy, the weights feel good, but you're not moving well. Uh, you need to sleep more. And that was it. That's Donnie's recovery and, and nutrition talk. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, but it's, it's so true. It's dead on. Right. But instead be like, ah, man, I'm, you know, I'm not moving that well today. What do I need to do differently? Maybe I should have spent more time foam rolling or whatever the fuck. It's like, yeah, man, well, actually, how you been sleeping lately? Have you been, you been, have you been in your bed for nine hours a night? If not, like try that. Right. Or like, how close can you get to that? You know, and that for an athlete, it's like, oh, everything feels heavy. Well, like, Let's talk about food. How much you been eating lately? Like, why don't you try it a little more? See if you feel a little better, right? And like, these are the the things. Like, and yeah, instead of trying to, it's like, uh, you know, while we're doing analogies here, it's like, you know, stepping over dollars pick to pick up pennies. You know, I mine the analogy I'm going to use. This might sound really dumb, okay. and feel free to, feel free to cut this out. <clears throat> oh, we're not editing editing this shit. Not editing. Good, good, good. Yeah. So you know, like I've heard a lot of people say, and I believe this: you shouldn't bench press if you can't do a push up right? Sure. You shouldn't worry about sets and reps if you're sleeping like crap. Yeah. And if, you, you know, like, like you, sh- you shouldn't, right? right? Yeah. That's, that's further down the chain, right? Yeah. Or that's an old CrossFit pyramid of like, yeah, the base is nutrition. Sure. And then it's, and then it's like general physical, that's like cardiovascular training. Then right. it's like GPP at the very top. It's like sport specific. Or right. like the base is like gymnastics. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it yeah, gets yeah, more yeah. specific. But like if you're not doing the things that a human should should do, right? Then like don't worry about if you're doing the six by two Russian squat program or this or Smolov, right? Yeah. Like don't you're splitting hairs. Well, yeah, man. I talk about it all the time is like people get so excited about doing things like using chains, you know, um, you're, we're gonna use accommodating resistance for these squats. It's like, look, dude. If you are not back, if you're not squatting double body weight, you don't need the chains. The chains aren't the problem, right? The chain, the chains aren't going to get you from uh, not being able to squat double, double body weight to squatting double body weight, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, which should be reserved for when you're once you are strong squatting over double, double body weight and you're looking to push those numbers up and you're doing a powerlifting specific type of a thing like you want to put some chains on go for it dude but like using those things too early also you're almost like taking it away from later on you know and uh it's kind of like you said like hey do you really you really need to be pushing the bench press so much if you can't do a push-up right should you really be trying to um you know do i mean hey you want to attack crossfit here we're here now i'm going to anti-crossfit do you want to do you really still be up there doing uh kipping pull-ups if you can't do a strict one right um, you know, and, and it's kind of like this whole, the whole thing's like that. Right. It's like, yeah, do focus on, focus on the things that work, right? Like the basics, like, let's get the basics dialed away. Like what, where do you get the most bang for your buck? Right. Like what's the, where can I get the most, the most out of this? And then you can work on those little things and talking about like staying off screens and stuff like that. You know, who was really good at that was Kendrick Ferris. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He obviously got the results from it. Right. Um, Got a couple Olympics in there. And, you know, in addition to everything else he did. But I remember we'd go to like national championships and you just wouldn't see him. Like he was at the hotel. He was in his room reading. 
You know, that was it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see, you wouldn't see him around, you know, it's like, Oh, training. Yeah. I eh, go to the training hall when no one else is there and he'd be there for 30 minutes and he'd go back to his room. And that, that was it, man. He was not, he wasn't out watching sessions. He wasn't in the back room with anybody. He was in his room, like reading and like yeah. that. Was it. And like, he wouldn't even like get food sent to his room. He would just wouldn't leave. He just hang out. He'd be sleeping all day, reading in his room, doing minding his own business. And then he would show up on the platform and beat everybody. And Hey, you know, I won't name names, but someone once told me, and Kendrick's a great example of this, uh, prioritizing, like prioritizing recovery. If you're talking shit on Instagram in the comments, yeah, you're not recovering. That's I'm telling it. you. That's it. Yeah. You're worked up. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. You're not. Right. Here's the here's the good news though. Here's the good news. I do like I I actually I have developed a couple haters recently. I don't really know where along the way. And I do like feeding the trolls a little bit personally. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm get at the level get them spun up. I am I am I have done the calculus in my head and I am good. I am okay exchanging like cashing in a little bit of that recovery potential sure. to feed my ego and feed the <laughs> trolls a little bit. So I have made I have made that calculation and I have decided it's worth it. Were I an elite athlete, I'd probably decide it were it wasn't worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's funny. I uh you know it's talking about that is just recently, I don't know if it's uh getting older or if it has something to do with having kids or if it's just time, you know, like learning things or you know, spend some time like spend spend some time yourself, right? Like doing some you know, different times, uh, you know, like meditating regularly and, and stuff. But yeah, I, I just don't get as worked up as I used to with stuff. Right. Um, you know, whether, whether that's comments or someone, something said, or someone said it's, it's sometimes like, Oh man. And I go, oh, you know what? Actually, I don't have to reply. That's interesting. Wait. So I know what he said is wrong. Like I'm certain he was wrong and I could just like reply and let him know like, nah, man, that's factually incorrect. <laughs> but or, or what if I don't like, what if I just, what if I just don't, you know? And then, uh, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I just don't, and I'm still at peace, but a man, even just, you know, five, five or 10 years ago, it's, there's no way, there's no way I'd be able to like be calm about somebody saying something that, you know, is wrong or inappropriate or whatever. Right. Um, and I think that that's, what's hard, especially when you talk about these athletes, right. And, you know, you're hard charging, you're training, you're like, we're spending all this time, you know, the so focused and energy and, and winning is in every, is such a big part of what you're doing. And then to like sit back and not say something or let something happen. And like that, that just eats at you, you know, it's again, everyone's on their own journey and I ebb and flow. I don't know. Maybe it's like with the cycles of the moon, my ability to like be chill and ignore things or not. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's the, the werewolf myth comes from something maybe. And Oh, that's for <laughs> sure. Yeah. And it's, it's lovely that like, it's lovely that you're able to do that. And I think that part of that, Danny is, you know, I've known you for, for a bit. you're a family man, you're a business owner, you're an athlete. You do a lot in life. Right. And yeah. people who live full lives, I think gain perspective on what matters and what doesn't. Right. Sure. Because when you're young, and, and this is, I think, why I don't want to like this is going way off the rails, but I think young people, and this is why social media can be so dangerous. Young people don't have perspective. The younger you are, the less life you've lived, the less perspective you have. Sure, sure. And so, a comment on an Instagram post you make 
might be really impactful because you're like, oh my God, like, is this what everyone thinks of me? Is this going to change what people think of me? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, Danny, you and I are a lot older than that. We've lived a little bit more life and we're like, that's not going to do anything. No one, yeah. no one gives a rat's ass, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and you realize, but at the same time, there are things that we would take seriously that we might not have taken seriously right. 20 years ago. Cause we're like, yeah. Oh, actually that does matter. And that impacts the life I want to live and the people I care about. And I wouldn't have realized that two decades ago, but now I sure do. So I'm going to hop on and get something done about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're totally right. That's an interesting perspective too. It's like, yeah, the, the more you've lived and the more things you've done and things you've been through, it's not just uh, that you've done these things and you're so much wiser from it. It's the perspective, right? Yeah. It's the perspective of things, being able to kind of put things in that perspective, right? And that really, I mean, come a full circle here. This kind of goes back to what we're talking about training also. And like, what things are you focused on, right? Are you focused on, um, you know, making sure that you do this very specific uh, warm up without one rep being different or whatever? Or are you more focused on some recovery protocol and um, like how much CBD did I rub on my knee? Did I get a full 30 milligrams in there and only get 29? Or are you worried about like sleeping and eat and and eating the right foods and things, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of the perspective of the whole thing. What are the, you know, like I talked about earlier, like not not majoring in the minors, right? Like finding the, what's, what are the, what are the biggest, what's the biggest thing? that makes or what makes the biggest difference and what stuff ultimately probably doesn't matter. And one really great thing about having friends with shared life experiences, but also different life experiences. Like you and I, our lives are Venn diagrams and there's some overlap, but there's a lot of not overlap. Right. Right. Yeah. Much bigger hair. I got, my hair is my hair. My hair ate everyone else's hair. Um, <laughs> my hair is thriving. My hair is thriving actually. Yeah, um, but and I'm over here using Rogaine, so it's like, you know, a little different. I got all sorts of secrets in here, though. Um, <laughs> but what I would say is it's really nice to be able to, to have these conversations. Like you and I, the last time we chatted, we talked. I, I reached out. I was like, Daniel, let's catch up. You know, I didn't have an agenda. Yeah. And we talked for like 40 minutes. And I was walking around downtown Manhattan while we were talking. And we just we covered a lot of ground. And I remember getting off that call and being like, oh, I'm going to think about this. And I thought back to that conversation because I think we were able to share some things and shared perspective, even secondary perspective is helpful. It's helpful sure. in training. It's helpful in sport. It's helpful in life. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's it. Uh, what? So with Barben, recently there's been a few changes, mm -hmm. right? Um, you want to talk about those changes a little bit? Sure. <laughs> I like. I guess, you don't, I guess well, you don't now would be fucking weird, huh? You know, <laughs> I'll talk about that. What are you talking I'm about? So, not editing. So yeah, sorry for wasting 45 minutes of your life. No. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal, and and I'm actually glad we we talked. I'm glad most of this conversation was about some philosophies and training life because I think that stuff's important and very cool. And hopefully people have enjoyed listening to us wax poetic about this. But so Barben, uh, we recently were we were recently acquired. Uh, a few things I want to get out of the way. What has changed about Barben? Not a ton. Um, we, <clears throat> Barbin was an independent media company and I truly believe as a co-founder and CEO, former CEO now, now, um, independent media companies, and we've talked about this, Danny, I think can only get so big on their own because at the end of the day, Barbin was, it still is in many ways, <clears throat> uh, beholden to an algorithm or a series of algorithms. Google changes something, it impacts us. Right. And suddenly, like the example I like to give is like Google changes something. Suddenly, I'm worrying as CEO, you know, how many, how how much can we pay our contributors next month? Right, right. 
YouTube changes something. Suddenly I'm worried about the same question. Right. Yeah. And I think that Barbend, you know, we might have sold the company earlier, but we didn't, we wanted to find the right home for it. We wanted to find a home that would care about it, continue the mission, continue to grow Barbend, because I think Barbend's really only at like a half of what it can be, to be perfectly honest with you. A company with more resources so that wasn't so beholden small algorithmic shifts that was a little more hedged right. um, but but wanted to do that in a way that respected our team because our team is everything in a way that respected our mission and a way that uh, respected the fact that barbend still had a lot of room to grow and with pillar four which which did acquire barbend i think we found all of that and as some examples i like to give every team member went over they right. didn't say they didn't say oh we need to cut costs oh we need to uh we got to get rid of this department no they said every they said Everyone, come on over. Come on. Yep. In fact, they said, everyone, come on over, and here's a cool new benefits package. You know? Right. <laughs> they said uh, uh, all the execs came over. I, I'm i very candid with folks. I don't have to be at Pillar 4 right now. This is not a situation where I'm, like, contractually obligated. This is, this is not something where I'm, like, oh, you know, it doesn't work. Like, if I get hit by – if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, Barbend will continue. Right. 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 And everyone at Barbend will still have jobs. I hope I don't get by a bus. But the point is, I'm still at Barbend because I don't want to work anywhere else. And Pillar 4 was kind enough to say, hey, David, we actually see a new role for you doing this. Do you want to expand Barbend's footprint in, in other media and in other ways? Would you be interested in coming on and, and doing that? You won't be CEO anymore, but would you want to do this? And they basically described my dream job, which includes right. a lot of going on podcasts and talking to people like you, Danny. Yeah. And I was like, of course. I'd be stupid to say no because it's fun and I don't want to work anywhere else. Barbend is the site I always wanted. I thought it was the site I always wanted to read. Truly, it became the site I always wanted to, the company I always wanted to work for. Yeah. And so, like, the day to day has changed almost imperceptibly for most of Barbend's team because we're producing the same content. We're just producing more of it with more resources now. Right. And so, um, you know, I just want to be very clear with folks. I'm biased, but I want to be very clear with folks. Barbend, this is not like a set it and forget it. We're done. We're, 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 we, we sold, but I certainly don't think we sold out. And right. I can, I, I'll, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and be like, hey, I'm still there. Right. right? I'm yeah. not trying to get away from this. Barbend has not changed so dramatically that I, I'm not interested in working there anymore. In fact, I'm, I'm having a great freaking time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome, man. By the way, uh, if anyone uh, is starting a business, running a business, there's a great book by Mark Echo called How to Sell Without Selling Out. There you go. It's uh, another thing I want to emphasize too is um, for everyone over the years who sent Barbend very nasty messages about how we didn't cover something. <laughs> that's most of the hate mail that's most of the hate mail we get or not even hate mail some of it's very constructive and thank you if you send a constructive message to barbed that is critical about something we do thank you yeah yeah thank you thank you uh if you send something that's just mean for the sake of being mean less of a thank you but still kind of thank you uh because we do read those <clears throat> but all for everyone who's like well i wish you know barbed gave a lot of coverage to this event but not as much coverage as other event. yeah sometimes we have to prioritize certain events over other events just because we we couldn't cover, we can't write 20 articles on everything. Yeah. Um, part of this acquisition is that Barbend has more resources so we can produce more content. Isn't right? it? Isn't it fun too? Like the biggest hate mail we get is people want more of us. 
it's we're doing something right. If the biggest hate mail that and that is and look, I get I get it. It means people care, right? It means people care. But but like you know, certain like world's strongest man is gonna get more coverage than the four person powerlifting meet from a federation that no one's heard of yet. Right. right. And everything starts somewhere. And the small competition now might be the big competition in a few years. Yeah. But <clears throat> there is a difference in demand and resource allocation is a thing in media. If yeah. you have more resources, the pie gets bigger for you to divvy up as far as resource allocation. That's how the business works. You're right. Yeah. It's funny. The, we we sometimes get people upset, uh, get hate mail, you call it, because you know we sold out of something. And like they're so upset they can't buy something from us. You know, and it's like, hey, all right, like I get it, you know, but then also you sit, you step back and I'm like, well, I guess at the end of the day here, they're like, they're just upset because they can't buy this thing from us they really want. So it's not that they don't like the company or they don't whatever, you know, it's like, that's a, it's an interesting thing to be upset about. We rarely, very rarely, I can probably count on two hands over seven years, the number of messages we've gotten that include, I'm not reading your site again. Or, right. or, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's really, it's almost never that. Well, it's also nearly impossible if you do any sort of, uh, like, trying to figure anything out in the strength world. Yeah, that's that's also, that's also true. Like, <laughs> fair, fair. fair. Yeah. <laughs> Just Google, Google there, like, any sort of news story or any sort of article about, uh, you know, working out and stuff. Or at least no strength sports. And yeah, start- uh, try, try and get, try and get a, a, the full picture of something without clicking on a barbend link. Try starting on the second page of Google for all your results and strength, and 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 that's a way to avoid bar bent most of the yep. time. <laughs> <laughs> if, that's not, if that's not the nerd flex of the century, I don't know. Because <laughs> by the way, we also bar bent also owns Breaking Muscle, right? Like where it's not just like we. Right. So, um, but no, we love our readers. I love hearing critically from our readers. One thing I'll say is my. I'll tell you my email. It's David at barbend.com. I know crazy. You could, I'm sure no one could have figured that one out, right? David hey, at barbend.com. Hey, here's, here's a here's a tip for you is that works uh almost anywhere. Like yeah. if you want like you wanna you wanna get a get a hold of somebody at any company, um, you take about five cracks at it. You do the first name at the name of the company. If that feels like it's not getting through, you can go first initial last name. Yep. Um, at the name of the company. Sometimes there's a period between the first and last names, right? Like you could try that. Uh, like first name period, last name at that company. And, uh, I, you, you, you give those, those three or four things a shot. There's a 90% chance it is going to, uh, at least the gatekeepers, at least go to their secretary. Although I, I was on a system. I was, I was on a podcast, uh, last week that hasn't come out yet. And someone asked me, um, you know, they said, David, and they were being very nice about it. Right. And they were, they were trying to hype me up and they were like, David, um, you know, why why were you why were you hiding behind the scenes for so long and i had to respond i was like i haven't been and it's like they recorded 200 episodes of a podcast yeah i was like i was like we i was like i i really haven't been and part of that was i think they were just i i like like i don't have the biggest after this it's clearly not after this podcast after this podcast we're gonna have twenty thousand instagram followers like that oh, dude, once, once gsc crew gets a hold oh, of my gosh knights of the grounds table you kidding me <laughs> that's good oh that's so good but like they're like they were clearly just they were looking at my social profiles and being like oh you don't have a big following personally but i just want to be clear i haven't been hiding anything about myself i'm just not that cool 
right? <laughs> like, I'm just not like I'm just uninteresting. I'm just not that. I'm just not that sweet, right? People, maybe, maybe and I respond. I'm talking to you. Dave. No, I know. I'm just. I'm giving myself. Okay. I have a very self-deprecating point sense of humor. Yeah. But I told the guy, I was like, I was like, maybe people just don't like looking at me. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, kind of as a joke. But like, no, I, I don't. Please reach out to me. Um, you know, David at Barbend uh, or David Thomas Town Instagram D underscore Tao on Twitter. Uh, I love when people reach out to me. If you have something critical to say about Barbin, just tell me, right? Like, I'm still there. I'm still working with the team. I'm not the head honcho anymore, but like, I still have a little bit of sway. Yeah. Like, I want to hear what people think. Let me know. Come on, reach out. There it is. I think that's probably a good spot to end coming up on our hour here, also. So, works out great. So, make sure everyone send David a nice email. Tell him that you <laughs> do think he's interesting, you know, or interesting anything. <laughs> Uh, and maybe then he'll be able to, you know, walk around with his head high a little bit longer. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. <laughs> All right, David. Hey, seriously, had a great time, man. Thanks. Thanks for hopping on.